everybody, it's me, Katiosaurus. Oh, hey, it's me, Hey Good. And welcome back to Infinite Quest. This week on Infinite Quest, we're talking about... Tell Eric, tell him what we're talking about. <laughs> You're so good at this, Katie. Oh my I God. forgot to ask you what we were talking about. This is how you do a good podcast, Katie. You just you it's, don't you don't think about what you're going to talk about. Surprise until... topic is plants. Yep, that's right. They're green, most of them, and I love all of my plants. Buy a plant whenever you're sad. Hey, that's you know, how you wind up with eighty know, plants. Some of them taste pretty good. No, don't eat my plants. Well, it's not all, not all of them. Some of them. Stop you know. eating my plants. The one with the the three red leaves. You know, it's growing all up. up back it's so weird that you talked about growing plants because we do have a patreon it's patreon.com <laughs> <laughs> slash infinite quest and if you're interested in becoming a member of our patreon family uh your support goes to our mission of continuing uh education and advocacy for neurodivergency which is like owning plants but completely different. <laughs> anyway. Well, and also for the record, if you see a, a three-leafed plant outside that's slightly red or that's poison ivy, don't 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 eat poison ivy, please. Guess don't, what? Just don't do that. Fun fact about me: I'm not allergic to poison ivy. Get the fuck out of here! I'm what? Not, I'm not allergic to poison ivy. Do scientists have like vials of your blood somewhere? And no, they're, it's they're like testing it's, you. Like it's like... apparently pretty common. Like a lot of people aren't allergic to poison what? ivy. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. How? When did you discover you had this superpower? And because how? I was out. I actually, it's a very good story, and this is uh, this is going to be the 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 like the little interstitial opener. But now this is just the start of the podcast. So <laughs> when I was I was living with one of my uh, previous partners, and he had these beautiful hydrangea bushes in the front of his house, and he had these like weeds underneath. And so I like went out and I was like, oh, I'm going to like weed and be a little plant girl. And so I went and I was like, you know, digging up all the, the weeds and stuff. And his like mom came over and she's like, oh, my God, what are you doing? Oh, get out of there. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And apparently it was just like a giant patch of poison ivy. And I've just been like crawling around in poison ivy like all day. And like everybody was like super freaked out. And they were like, oh, my God, like she's going to fucking have to go to the hospital. And I was fine. Like nothing happened. I was like, I was like impervious to the to the effects of poison ivy. Oh, my God. I would have been if I was I would have been like, oh, my God, everybody. She's a goddamn superhero. It's, that's my shitty superpower. <laughs> get her to the, I am, get I her the hospital. We need to save her uniquely DNA. Uniquely qualified to battle poison ivy. You're going to be really useful in a heist someday. I don't know I if there's going to be a big a, field of poison a ivy. Patch between of poison ivy. But I've also heard diamonds, and you're going to need to traverse. A lot of people have told me though that like exposure like increases your likelihood that you will get allergic. That to That seems it. like the opposite of what would be true. Yeah, that's but so apparently like, it's like a thing. Like you huh. can like if you spend too much time in it, if you're not allergic, you can become allergic to it. One time, my uh, grandfather inhaled a bunch of poison ivy. Oh my god, I've heard of people doing that. Yeah. Like they they burn like poison ivy like plants on accident. Yeah, and then it was they all, get... so my 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 whole mom's side of my family they're all sailors. They love sailing, and uh, I don't remember where I could flub some of the details of the story, but. My mom and her family were when they were kid when she was a kid were camping on this island and they were they had sailed to the island they had docked a boat and they were camping, and my grandfather as a big funny fun joke was in the middle of the night just going to take the boat because he's a like a really good sailor so right. he could man the entire ship at night it wasn't a ship but and so he just I'm took a pirate ship totally the black pearl that is the boat that i'm picturing in my mind i will not be taking notes like, 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 like it comes out of the fucking water like right, that was what i was picturing one thousand souls <laughs> <laughs> 
Shut up. Uh, anyways, <laughs> fuck me. <laughs> now I'm thinking about Davy Jones. Well, uh, he's so good. You know, I heard in, in, he was the only person who didn't like really have a real costume on set. He was just dressed in a big blue suit. So everybody, like Jack Sparrow's got his epic costume, but the actor who played Davy Jones is just like standing there like he's a member of the Blue Man Group. That's sad. That's I, would, I would be. I, I feel like that's like Ian McKellen playing Gandalf, or like he cried because of the green screen because he was like so frustrated. Oh, buddy. Yeah, I know. Don't make me picture Ian McKellen crying this early he in was, the morning. Yeah, he was like, yeah. That. Also, why are we up so early? Would you like to tell people why we're recording this podcast so goddamn early? Because we have to pack and finish the podcast, and we have a big important meeting in the middle of the day, and I have to finish telling a story about my grandfather. Oh I'm, yeah, I forgot about the boat. No, I'm proud of myself for remembering the Good whole job. thing. Okay. Well, he, so he took the, he took the boat in the middle of the night. The funny, funny joke was like, <laughs> he made Mo family think that he just left them there on an island. Shows you the kind where of family he, my mom grew up with. Where did he put the boat? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. Maybe. Like, did he like sail to another island? So, like, I figured, was there, yeah. Like, a secret pirate's cove? Something like that. The Black yeah. It was some interesting nautical journey. I don't know, but I really like picturing him sailing. But so he goes to another place, he pitches camp somewhere else, and like he stays there for the night. And, but the only thing he had to burn was all the plants and shit around him, which was. All poison ivy. And so he had to sail the... I think he had to sail the boat back to the island while having inhaled... Like, his lungs were just inflaming and he was just trying to get back to the island. Jesus. <laughs> Picturing, like, Jim Carrey at the end of the Truman Show. Just Great. like... <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> I am the creator. Anyways, so, yeah. Don't inhale poison ivy and also don't abandon your family on an island or else your lungs will blow up. Don't steal a pirate ship Don't. without permission. <laughs> I say this as 50% of the cast of Infinite Quest who has stolen a boat before. That's, so. that's true. And also, interestingly enough, linguistically speaking, if you do take a boat without permission, you are by definition a pirate. Every oh every God. ship becomes a pirate ship if stolen. That Holy shit. You might have just changed the way I tell that Kiss cover band story. Yeah, you became a pirate for a became a, a pirate for a night with a Kiss cover band. That's right. That's, that's better. And that's you, automatically better. And like the guy who played Davy Jones, you were also the only one without a cool costume. I was. <laughs> Although I was dressed pretty nice. I was in I was in one of my like, fancy dresses because that's what like that was like work attire at the casino was I had to dress up really fancy all the time. So I just also uh, I'm picturing them dressed as Kiss if they were. They were. Oh, they were. Yeah. I've been I've been they honestly were, a little scared that they weren't. In no, they were like dead ass, like dressed like Kiss, like but you know like makeup Kiss, with like <laughs> but like it was like it was after the show, so it was all a little run runny and a little sweaty. That's <laughs> like the end of a, a long LARPing session. Yeah, like it was. It had a very strong like LARP feel to it. I'm kind of picturing you like there's that cool scene when Jack Sparrow has to jump off the ship when he's like shackled and he does that awesome like pirate dive where he just like oh, yeah. fuck it and like jumps off the whole dive. thing yeah that's how i'm picturing you escape the ship that is nah i i i did take off my high heels oh cool to run. that's how you know you're in the third act of the movie but that was that was basically the only the i didn't do like a cool pirate dive i just sort of stepped off the boat and then i was no longer a pirate <laughs> That's it. That's, that's the thing. Do you ever think about it? Like, just like, like you could like be a pirate or not be like the 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 distance between being a pirate and not being a, a pirate is like the distance between the dock and the boat. Yeah, pretty much. Like you just like six inches. Yeah, six you can just go to, the, to piracy. You can go six inches to piracy. That's gonna be my new thirty seconds to Mars cover band. I was gonna say, we I can. literally was like, that's a fucking great name for a band. <laughs> we can steal dinghies. Because we're just less cool. Show you a dinghy. Uh, hey, Eric, so, what are we supposed to talk about today? Well, for now real, it though? feels kind of funny to, to go from epic now, awesome. No, 
It, it got welcome to my ASMR channel. Where I just weirdly scratch my head in the middle of this podcast. Yeah, and put your elbows all over the table with the mic on it. I'm tired. <laughs> Me too. Now I feel dumb. Now now to bring up the topic that we're going to talk about after that whole. What, what are we talking about? Self loathing and ADHD. Well, I hate myself for being a pirate. So. <laughs> <laughs> but did that mean that? Does that mean that you ceased hating yourself as soon as you crossed that epic six, a, six inch gap? I was like, oh, thank God. Wow. I'm now a good person again. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Although, so, is Jack Sparrow a good person? That's a wonderful question. I think he's like a. I think he's like a chaotic, uh, like a chaotic neutral. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I definitely yeah, don't think, I think he's, he's like straight up chaotic. I don't neutral, think he's yeah. like. I don't think you could say that he's evil, but I also don't think you could say that he's good. I'd say you. Yeah. I think he'd have to be like. I mean, he's neutral. done good things and he's done evil things, but the thing is, is they always served him. Yeah. So Except that, I think at some point there was like an arc where he did something not selfish and it was like, whoa. Do you remember how bad that one pirate story Oh, the, whether the fourth one, I think? I think the one that was like nine hours long and it involved like 50 different Jack Sparrows in the void. And then it, just, oh, like, yeah. it just kept getting weirder and more. And they kept going down like 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 those like not they're not like the wormholes of the sea. <laughs> the uh, whirlpools. Whirlpools. <laughs> What's funny is, I mean. That is an analogy. They, they, they're pretty similar to, like, what a black hole would be, but in the sea, except it's not actually a singularity at the bottom. Can you tell I, I didn't go to college and I'm insecure about it? It's fine. Oh, it's funny you should bring up the space-time continuum uh, as it pertains to Jack Sparrow. I would not expect, like, I feel like you could have a really good understanding of the space-time continuum without a college education. You would just have to watch a lot of Star Trek. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I should to the Star Trek. Just a lot. Anyway, so, so, Katie, so this podcast we're supposed to be fucking making. How long have we been bullshitting? Uh, nine minutes and 31 seconds. Great. Welcome to the podcast. Transition. The podcast. Well, I wanted to talk about self-loathing, honestly, because I was trying to think, you know, when we were thinking about what we were going to talk about this week, mm-hmm. I was just overcome with it, and I could, like, couldn't well, fucking think about anything else. I kind of like that. Well, thanks. It's, it's all right. I mean, I but mean, I think it's you're necessary. allowed to feel your feelings. I'm just sorry that you were feeling that way. Yeah. Well, thanks. I mean... Well, all right, so there's a, there's a thing that comes up with a lot of mental illnesses. You're right. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Cool. Um, this is visual comedy, everybody. It's not comedy. It's not comedy. I'm sorry, Katie. Don't make fun of me. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's very funny, actually. It's the lefties you got to worry about. The righties are fine, but the lefties, if it's a lefty, it's like it's a bad day. Ugh. Yeah, good to know. The lefties fucking hurt. Righties are fine, but the lefties hurt. Ugh. So anyway, self-loathing. <laughs> I was going to make an overreaction. It was analogy. such a fucking mistake recording this podcast this early in the morning. This I is not, we were not accustomed no, to fresh. this. But seriously, so, but. <coughs> Jesus. Quality podcast. Hey, don't talk shit about the podcast on the podcast. Act as if, Katie. If, if, if the performer is insecure, the audience is insecure. You gotta, gotta just fucking. But, and I, and I also have a genuine thing I want to talk about. I'm curious what you think about it, because I've tried I tried to talk about it a couple times on TikTok, but I can't quite find the words. So, hello, dear listener. Enjoy Eric trying to find the words for an hour straight, and it's going to be great. But I think when it comes to mental illnesses, a lot of the times, it seems, the thing that is more harmful than the harmful symptom is the anger and fury and frustration that we directed ourselves because of the symptom. Like, when I... Forget where I put my keys. That sucks. That just, it does. That's inconvenient and end of itself. But what sucks way more is how fucking furious I am the entire time at myself, at my house, at everything. That is what really fucks my day up. 
it's not the fact that I had to spend five minutes looking for my keys. It's that I'm now really pissed off. Yeah. And if we could figure that out, if we could, if we could assuage, if we could figure that shit out, then, well, I mean, I don't want to speak to say we like I'm speaking for everybody, but I think for myself, if I could figure out a way to not deal with that like secondary and tertiary shittiness that comes with each individual symptom of all the mental illnesses that I have, that'd just be a big fucking weight off my back. Well, do you think? Okay, so first off, I would just like to say, for the record, I am avoiding this topic. I'm oh, just trying to get out of it. That's what that's what the whole strategy oh, is. Oh, I know. Um, but I mean, I think the thing that I think complicates this this conversation is the fact that like low frustration tolerance is a part of ADHD. Yeah. For a lot of people. Not across the board, but for a lot of people. And so in that capacity, is your being angry with yourself? Like, is it part of it? Is it not part of it? Is it like a like a like a combo platter? Like, how does how does that work? Because well, you know what I mean. Well, I mean, yeah, I think that's a good a good point. And but but I think a low frustration tolerance doesn't necessarily mean that you're quick to frustration. It means that when it does come about, you're w- worse, whatever that means, yeah. at dealing with it. So yeah. it's not necessarily that it happens more easily or more frequently. It's that when it does happen. It, it for me it compounds on itself. My yeah. frustration begets more frustration, which is fucking awful. It's like it's just turtles all the way down. I'm like frustrated, <laughs> and then I'm like I shouldn't be frustrated because everything I just said, like this is half of the problem, is not the problem itself. It's my frustration at the problem. But yet I am frustrated because guess what? We can't just control how we feel. That's not how feelings work. So I get frustrated about that, and then it just compounds and compounds yeah. and compounds. And I would love like something that I actively try to work on is trying not to go down that rabbit hole of getting pissed off about being pissed off about being pissed off about being pissed off so on so on so on and it's hard because well how does it show up in your life how does it how does that how does that sort of like frustration and that anger like how does it how does it manifest but then also like how does it affect things well it it ultimately i mean it makes the initial symptom worse so like uh you know so a poor working memory is an easy adhd symptom when i put something down I am aware of where that thing is for the duration of time that it takes my muscles to move my hand to the, to the spot and to let go of the thing. But as soon as my sensory input stops, it has left my working memory. Like, it is gone. It's not stored in long-term memory. I'm not currently thinking about where it is. It's just gone. I mean, like, think of a thing that you can't remember. I remember it that much. You yeah. can't think of a thing that you can't remember. That's that's it's the point. A, that's a, the joke. It's impossibility. It is impossible to do that. Um, and so... So when I'm trying to to retrace my steps and try to access that memory that doesn't exist of where that thing is, um, there are times when occasionally I'm like, oh, fuck, that's right. I was walking down the hallway and I was like, ooh, that spot on the shelf isn't usually clear. It's really clear right now. That's cool. And I'm going to put my keys there. Sometimes I can get my work my way back to that. As my mom would say, look with your mind, not with your eyes. <laughs> Sometimes I can get back to that. Yeah. But I am far less likely to be able to do that if I'm really pissed off at myself. Mm-hmm. I'm far less likely to be able to, like, sift through the the history of my working memory, you know, the little safari history tab or whatever, <laughs> to think, like, what was I thinking when I was last holding my keys? Where, do, you know, where would I have put them down? All the things that help me find my keys when they're lost um, are made much more difficult. I'm much, I'm much less good at them if I'm frustrated. 
And then as I get frustrated about being frustrated, I get worse at possibly remembering where I put my keys. I get worse at, frankly, like paying attention to what I'm looking to such to see them. Like you ever been looking for something and it's just on the table and you've like you've you've looked at that table. You've glanced across that table a million times, Constantly. but your brain just didn't scan, like register yeah. like that. Those are keys yeah. like an AI or something trying to learn to see stuff. I feel like I do that when I'm looking for stuff and I'm frustrated is all of a sudden my brain is less good at discerning like objects and stuff. This isn't science, by the way. I'm not saying people with ADHD are bad at dis discerning objects, but I sort of feel that way where I'm just less good at looking for things. Like the ADHD symptom gets worse as I become more emotional about it. Mm -hmm. um, and I really want to try to stop playing that game, but I think a certain amount of not playing that game of getting frustrated about getting frustrated about getting frustrated is accepting that that's going to happen to some extent because it's sort of like uh, like holding a live salmon. The harder you squeeze it, the more it shakes and the harder it is to hold on to. Like the harder I try to not be frustrated about something, the more frustrated that I am at the fact that I can't. And so counterintuitively, accepting the fact that a certain amount of frustration or anger or self-loathing just comes with this kind of stuff and that's okay we're human we feel things that aren't always logical or what we, we just feel things that's part of being alive yeah accepting that is part of it i think <laughs> i don't know because i'm working on it but trying to s solve that puzzle i mean i think about it all day which is i think why it's hard for me to talk about because i think about it so all the time that i don't quite know how to put words to it okay so then here's my next question why did you want to talk about it today I honestly, I'm, I'm searching, I, I know there, I know that something happened in the last couple days that prompted me to want to talk about it. And I remember noticing that that's what it was. And I'm trying to find it again. I think it was, oh gosh, I remember what it was. So I posted a video on TikTok today, like an hour ago, about mm -hmm. laziness mm -hmm. and how I believe that laziness exists. Yeah. Which is a whole other podcast. <laughs> but I was in my trying to understand what I think laziness is. Um, I noticed. It's the loudest bird that is a ever. Very loud bird, my gosh. A beautiful sound, though. My gosh. Songbird. Anyway. So Anyways. <laughs> There's um, a bird. We had to stop the podcast. <laughs> Supposed to ADHD shit I've ever heard. Just turning life. into a Connor DeWolf video really, really fast. <laughs> Shout out to Connor DeWolf. Shout out Connor DeWolf. We love you being on our podcast. <laughs> um, oh, but in my pursuit of trying to like define what I specifically believe to be laziness, um, I was trying to figure out what causes laziness. Like what causes, you know, in short, what I think laziness is, is... To clarify, you're talking about your own experience about laziness. Yes, right? my own when definition. You personally my... are being lazy. Yes, when okay. I am being lazy or what I think of as being lazy, yeah. what causes that for me, right? Um, and, well, I mean, in short, what I think of laziness as within myself is when I'm capable of doing something that I should do, but just because I don't want to, I don't. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like little things, like, you know, if you get all tucked into bed or whatever, and you realize you left the kitchen light on. It's the analogy I just or used in the video. Or you haven't brushed your teeth. Or you haven't brushed your teeth, exactly. Eric. And I know. I brushed my teeth last night. You I did. did. I'm really proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> and you totally could get up. It's not an executive dysfunction thing. You know, you remembered to do it. You have toothpaste. You have a tooth. Like, all the things are in place. But you just don't want to, so you don't. That's laziness. 
And that's okay. Like, that's okay. I'm not saying laziness is even inherently bad. I'm just saying it exists. Um, anyways, so the reason I wanted to talk about this was because when I, oftentimes when I am exhibiting what I call laziness, it's because I'm avoiding a possible spiral of self-loathing that can come along with some symptom that may occur. So like, if I need to go brush my teeth, it's sort of, well, it's a lot like the, the forking off thing where one task isn't just one task. It's many, many, many small tasks. Yeah. And I'm afraid of that spiral of self-loathing that could occur if my executive functions were to fuck all the way off or if I were to misplace my toothbrush and have to look for it for 20 minutes. Like, I'm afraid of that spiral. Mm -hmm. And so I don't do the thing. Anyways, that's why I wanted to talk about this because I think that's a serious puzzle. Okay, now I have an even harder hitting question. Oh, fuck. If you don't want to answer this question, it is okay. Because no, this might be a really shitty question to sure. ask you. Do you think that your self-loathing in connection with your executive dysfunction is one of the reasons why you struggle with getting back into music? Fuck, I did not expect that to be a music question. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, I mean, practicing music is my, 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 I mean, we've talked about this, but my relationship to music is fundamentally tied to my relationship with my ADHD. They're inextricably linked. Um, and when I think about music, one of the first things that I think of is shame and anger at myself. Because when I sat down to do what was told to me, it was called practice, you know, with the metronome and the whole thing, I was just shitty at it. I, the birds were outside. I could hear people walking. I had ADHD. Um, and that self-loathing thing would spy that frustration and the frustration about the frustration and the anger about the frustration about the frustration and so on all the way down. Wow. That's Yeah. That's right next to music in my head. When I think of music, I like, sometimes I, I don't even notice that I am thinking about music because I jump so quickly to, to the anger I feel about it. So yeah, perhaps my avoidance to deal with that frustration and whatnot is connected to my, my, my hesitance to get back into music. Congratulations, Katie. I believe that is correct. Yes. <laughs> so, okay. So then take it one step farther to quote Christopher. Um, what would happen if you did the thing, but gave yourself permission to... I don't want to say, like, let go of the anger because, like, that is, that's a skill that I don't have. I don't know how to just go, mm, I'm going to, like, breathe through the anger. Like, mm. you know, you see those, like, TikToks where they're like, just sit in your emotions. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, <laughs> how does that fucking, what are you talking about? Just, like, sit in your emotion and feel it. I'm like, yeah, cool. What do I do now? Like, what the fuck? Um, but, like, do you think that if you made a concerted effort to like I'm just gonna practice and give myself permission to like be frustrated and like it's okay because like it is intrinsically linked to your neurodivergency in a way that like you can't you can't escape it, you know? Like there's always gonna be frustrations. There's always gonna be a bird outside the fucking window. Do you think that it would be like now where you are, understanding what you know about yourself and how your brain works and your neurodivergency, do you think that like you could do that in a way where maybe you could like, I don't want to say train yourself, but like teach yourself that that is like a work throughable moment instead of like jumping straight from music to shame and anger, like jumping from music to like, I'm practicing this or whatever for my own sake. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that's edified by the fact that I'm better now than I was a year ago, five years ago, ten years ago. Yeah. You know, if right after, it's <laughs> right after I got out of school, um, it was impossible. Like, there was no fucking way I was proud. Like, it was bad. Yeah. Whereas now, you know, I can sit and, and beat a little bop. You know, it's still all there. But, you know, I'm aware of it and I've thought about it and I've talked about it on goddamn podcasts and stuff. So yeah. I'm better now, which yeah. logically believes that, you know, I should, I'll should i be better, even better tomorrow, 10 years from now. So, yeah, absolutely. I think now accepting that and noticing that and just holding it, hopefully without judgment, can be helpful. I mean, you're a perfectionist. How do you do you think you have you experienced that in certain ways? Oh, fuck, I was I was trying so hard to keep asking you. Questions. I know. I, I was like I was like my whole. Story I was letting you. It's like, well, people are gonna think I'm really selfish, but what they don't know is I know that you don't want to fucking uh, talk about this. You'll just ask me questions I got all day. Played. God damn it! Oh, I hate that you know me so well. I love it, but I hate it. Well, I mean, because I. I, I I, I hope I'm not revealing anything like about our like personal relations or things that we say like off the record or whatever. But I see in you all the time that spiral occur where like a thing happens, which, you know, a, a symptom flares up and a shitty thing happens and that's shitty. And then you're mad. And then I can see you notice that you're mad. I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth. I don't know that you okay. described, but I see you go through that process. And I'm just I don't even have a specific question, but like, what do you have to say about that? How, how it feels to go through that? That that immense spiral of turning in on your own emotions and having emotions about them. I'm gonna say this, and this is this is the part of the podcast where I'm gonna caveat like here comes some trauma, so just be warned. Um, but like I don't. It's weird because like, I oh god, how do I say this in a way that makes me make any sense at all? Like I don't like I feel it, but I don't feel it. If that makes sense. And that's maybe like kind of like circling back to what I said earlier about like, I don't, I don't understand how to like sit in your emotions because like the minute I feel an emotion like anger or frustration or, or whatever, I immediately dismiss it. I immediately invalidate my own emotion. And I think like maybe part of it is like, okay, well, if I validate it and be like, it's okay to be frustrated or whatever. But the thing, the thing of it, Eric, the thing of it, and this is the part where we get to the trauma part of the podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Katie's Trauma Corner, is that I was not allowed to have strong emotions when I was growing mm. up. Like, that was not something I was allowed to do. Like, like I, like, I, like, I cannot stress enough how much I was not allowed to feel things as a kid because the minute that I got upset or the minute that I got like frustrated or whatever, it was immediately like, you need to stop. You need to calm down. Like you're being overdramatic, like whatever. Like there was never a moment of like, it is okay to be frustrated. It is okay to like be angry, like whatever. And so the, for me, and I think we might just be saying the same thing, but different, but like for me, it's like, okay, I can't find my keys. So I get really angry. But then I get angry at the fact that I'm angry and then I get frustrated at the fact that I'm angry and then I get and then I like invalidate both that frustration and anger. And so then I'm left in this like very weird place of like I'm not allowed to feel this way because I'm just I'm just not I'm not allowed to feel these things. So because of that and like obviously I've been working on it, but like that to me is sort of like my experience is like I get to the point of like frustration 
And rather than just being like, you know what, I am frustrated and it's okay. I'm just like, it is absolutely unacceptable to be frustrated, but I am frustrated. Mm. And now I'm doing the thing that I'm not allowed to do. So not only have I lost, like, do you remember when I lost the Dungeons and Dragons book? And oh, I like, yeah. fucking had a goddamn meltdown oh, about yeah. it. It wasn't a, like it was. And it was because of that. It was because I was so angry and I was so frustrated but like I, I couldn't, I couldn't give myself that space to just be like, yeah, this is a fucking frustrating thing, but this is part of your ADHD. And like, I lose shit so often. And like, and especially like right now, because like my house is a literal actual manifestation of my depression, like how bad things are. Like my house is not okay right now. And I'm so stressed out and I'm so anxious about it. And I'm struggling so much with like the clutter and the mess and the piles. And like, there is not a single fucking empty surface in this household right now. And that's, I feel so many feelings about that. But at the same time, I'm like, just deal with the clutter. Just go deal with it. Like, it's not that hard. Go clean up your shit. But the minute I start cleaning up my shit is the minute I start feeling those, like, I'm feeling uncomfortable because I'm angry and I'm frustrated and I'm embarrassed and I feel shame and guilt and, like, I, you know, I feel like a bad wife and, like, all of that kind of stuff. And so it's just, like, rather than do that, I just sort of, like, put a wall up. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And so then, and then, but then... It immediately fails because then everybody around me has to deal with, like, me being mad and frustrated and angry, but, like, not being willing to admit that I'm frustrated and mad and angry. And I'm like, it's fine. Everything's fine. Hmm. Which is, like, my classic move. (laughs) It's like, I'm fine. Huh. I I, I was thinking about um, when we were were working on the book. Remember that book that we're fucking writing? Holy shit. Don't say that shit when I have coffee in my mouth. (laughs) We have a meeting about it today. We do. Um, but when, when I was working on the cooking section of that book, um, something that I always get mad at myself for, um, and then mad at myself about it and all, and all that, yeah. is um, how messy I sometimes am in the kitchen. Um, <coughs> I'll be doing a thing, having a good time doing a thing, and I turn around and, holy shit, I have put everything everywhere. Yeah. You know? um, and I was writing about my advice for people when they feel that way because you know I was a cook for 10 years like I've experienced that a lot and I'm better at it I'm better one at not making a mess but I'm also better at dealing with that specific emotion of looking at kitchen mess and being like fuck holy shit I'm a dirty person um uh and and just you know not going down that rabbit hole but anyways my advice was to view the mess that you make sort of like a dog that comes from outside that you had just given a bath, but it just ran outside and went all around in the mud and ran in the grates, just filthy dog walking in the house that you just gave a big long bath to. You would look at the dog and just kind of go, Jesus Christ. You would have sort of detached amusement, accepting amusement. It sucks that you now have to give the dog a bath again. Like, you just gave the dog a bath. Now it got dirty. That's inconvenient. But you love the dog. And so you're just like, oh, buddy, like, (laughs) I can't believe you sort of chuckle it off. That's how I try to view myself when I make those kinds of messes or make those kinds of mistakes is that same sort of accepting amusement. You know, I look at like, wow, holy shit, I made that whole mess in five minutes. (laughs) Wow. Like rather than like I made that whole fucking mess in five minutes, you know, trying to go down that first path, go down that first just like, holy shit, I didn't know I could make a thing that dirty. Like 
just that accepting amusement. That's how I try to think about it. You have your finger on your nose, Katie. That means you got you're, just, you're thinking a thing. I do. I just had a podcast breakthrough. What's that? I'm like I Eric. We gotta we gotta stop using the podcast as therapy, dog. Like I don't know if this is like ethical after a certain point, but I just realized I can't do that. Like I I like that. That's like a really good strategy. But one like but one of the reasons why I can't do that is because that. Like, growing up, that, like, the dog coming in wet would have been met with such explosive anger that, like, it doesn't occur to me that, like, that would be funny. Like, it doesn't occur to me that you would look at the dog and go, oh, buddy. Like, all I can think of is, like, the reaction that, like, I learned was the appropriate, like, reaction, which I want to stress. I now know is not the appropriate reaction, and there are better and more, like healthy reactions which are the like oh buddy like you made a little mess which is why i want a dog um <laughs> but like that kind of thing like explosive anger hmm. and so like for me like that i think like that is still my my first thought like my first thought is like i'm gonna get in trouble like and i've talked huh. about that before i've talked about that a lot before is like my like in like i've been working on it for a a while now but like my immediate sort of like internalized reaction and i think part of where the anger comes from is like i'm gonna get in trouble like i've done something bad i've done something like quote unquote like wrong and so like i don't have the ability to look at myself with like attached like amusement i look at myself and go you absolute fucking fuck up like you're gonna get in trouble somebody is gonna be mad at you somebody is gonna be upset with you and, like, a lot of times, I'm the person being upset. Like, nobody else mm. is upset. Nobody else is affected. Mm. Like, you are incredibly supportive. Chris is incredibly supportive. Like, my friends are incredibly supportive. But, like, I'm always worried. Like, I'm going to get in trouble somehow. The adult the adult police are going to come from the TVA <laughs> of, of whatever. <laughs> the portal's going to open up. The portal's going to open oh, and up. Wilson They're going to jump through. out and go, we know you didn't do your dishes, you know? And it's, it's like, completely illogical. But, like, I think I've internalized that so much, like, in conversation with my ADHD. Because that's the part that I'm kind of, like, leaving out. Because I didn't know I had ADHD for so long. That all I learned was, like, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it right. I couldn't do it in the way that was, like, demanded of me. And so because of that, I just learned to be fearful. I just learned to be mad at myself. I just learned to, like, internalize it. But then at the same time, I also learned that, like, I couldn't externally show those emotions. I couldn't externally, like, express anger or frustration or whatever because I was the good kid. I was the good one. I was I was not the bad kid. I was the good kid. And so because I was expected to be the good kid all the time, good good kids don't get mad. Good kids don't get angry. Good kids don't get upset. So by the very nature of not being able to do the thing because of my ADHD, but then also not being able to get angry because of like the expectations put on me, then it just becomes like this sort of like feedback loop of like in it's impossible. It is an impossible thing to live up to why is my neighbor mowing his lawn this is the fourth time this week <laughs> this man has a problem it's okay but like that's but like that is but i think that is maybe like 
the conclusion that I've, that, I, you know, and I've, I've, this isn't like the first time I've ever realized this, but like the, the feedback loop of that, of that is, is what has fundamentally shaped how I look at things. And so with other people, I have infinite patience. I have infinite grace to give to everybody else around me. Like, and, and I'm sort of known for that. Like my friends like know me as that person where like shit goes wrong. We miss the flight. We miss the bus. Like you lose your suitcase, like any sort of like that kind of thing. I'm like, Oh my God, like no problem. It's no big deal, whatever. But like the minute that I feel like I'm the person who is at fault because like, Oh, it's my fault that we lost the bus or, you know, missed the bus or like, Oh, I lost my suitcase or whatever. Then it's like, now it's profoundly not okay. Like, I make fun of you for the way that you close your streams, but it's because I can't do it. I like, I, I haven't developed. How do I close yet. my streams? I don't, I don't. You always say afford yourself the love that you give freely to everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. I knew what it was. I just wanted to hear you say it. I know. And I'm like, <laughs> I can say it all day, but like, I, I'm like, I, I really don't feel bad about saying like, I don't have those skills yet. And it's like, and it's weird because I feel like there's part of me right now that's like, am I being a bad mental health advocate and educator by admitting that like, I have all this like unresolved trauma, but I feel like part of it is like addressing it and talking about it and like recognizing like how profoundly that has shaped me as a person. Because I like to think that in five years or 10 years, as I keep working on myself and keep improving myself, like at some point I will be able to let go of that. But I also have to continuously give space and grace, space and grace, <laughs> to the to the fact that like that is what has shaped my worldview and that is what has shaped me as a person. And so like, yes, am I failing at like being perfect in like letting it go? Absolutely. But I think that's okay. Mm. See what I did there? Yeah, that's well. See, that's the whole thing. And I, I, I think it's also important to bring up that. The, learning to, to to forgive yourself or to, to, to not to, to accept the fact that you're angry at yourself so you don't have to deal with tertiary and whatever comes after that anger um, I don't think that's a skill that you achieve like you learn and then suddenly now you have it yeah. now you can juggle you know and yeah. now you can juggle for the rest of your life I think it's uh, uh, I think of it as sort of like a balloon with a leak in it yeah you know you, you can constantly inflate but you have to maintain yeah. it you have to constantly address it again it's an intention to maintain, yeah. not just a skill to, to achieve at some point. Wow. Which is frustrating to me because I'm a sprinter. Like, I could learn yeah. to juggle in an hour, but if I had to continuously <laughs> practice juggling in order to be able to continue to juggle, f no fucking way. I've tried for three years to learn how to juggle. It's impossible. I can't do it. I've tried. I've, like, I literally have access to the world's greatest jugglers. Like, I know, oh so, I, know, I know so many world-class, they juggle for their job. People, I can't fucking juggle. They've tried and tried and tried. They've brought in consultants to really? help. Yeah. Because, like, it's like this whole thing at the Renaissance Festival where, like, people have just, like, tried to teach me how to juggle for, for fucking years now. And they can't. Anyway, that's a total aggression. Just, but that's a, you, that's a fun fact about so me. so many emails. I know. It's, I can't, like, and I, I really think <laughs> it's some sort of, like, left brain, right brain thing. Huh. Because I can do, like, I can flip anything. Like, anything you give me, I can immediately find, like, the, the sort of, like, balance to it. And I can mm. flip anything. I'm very good at that. I can do two pins really, really well. You get to three anything, I cannot fucking do it. And I huh. baffled the world's greatest jugglers about it. I cannot <laughs> fucking do it. There's like that moment where it's and I it was toss, toss, catch, catch. I cannot fucking do it. And it's like a really weird thing. 
There you go. I just <laughs> it's like I just thought of a, a, a that's very funny, but 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 we'll just get talk about me more, please. That's okay. Um, I'm sorry. It's, no, it's fine. But but I just made me think of I have that list of like dumb principles that I like to think about, like the pajama principle. Yeah. Like your, uh, your understanding of something is is always best when you arrive at the conclusion organically, like. Because one night I accidentally invented pajamas. I was like, oh, wow, it took me 25 years to learn that pajamas are useful, <laughs> you know. But I was thinking, I'm thinking, I think I know of a new one. It's, so you just said, nobody can teach me how to juggle. Everybody's tried. A lot of people who can juggle who are listening to this right now just thought, I bet I could fucking teach her. I know. Juggle. That's what like, everybody thinks. The, like, literally the guy who directs the fucking jugglers at Cirque du Soleil has come to the Renaissance Festival and been like, today's the day. You're learning how... And he's like, I fucking give up. Like, <laughs> dead ass. Like, world-class, world-famous jugglers have been like, I don't fucking know what's wrong with you. It's like a whole thing <laughs> it's in my like, life. Well, it's like beats is what I'm thinking. Yeah. Is it, it's like beats. A lot of people say they don't like beats. And when you say that, the person you're talking to will invariably say, oh, well, you haven't had my beats. I thought you were talking about the headphones. The like, headphones? Like the Beats. Oh, Beats by Dre. Yeah, I thought no, you were I talking mean, about beats like headphones. The I was like, that's weird. People have that strong opinions about headphones. <laughs> you haven't tried these. I, I can't name a single kind. I'm trying to name a specific kind of Beats by Dre headphones. I don't know. The, the orange kind. Oh, I think they're just, I mean, there's like earbuds and there's like over, I don't, I don't, it's a whole I, thing. I don't know anything about Hey, Raycon, beats. sponsor us. Yeah, I was going to say, please Beats by Dre, send us headphones. Thank you. <laughs> I wanted to ask, so I, I'm, I'm genuinely asking this like as a data point. Okay. Have you ever, in the moment when you're starting to go down that frustration about the frustration mm -hmm. rabbit hole, Right. Have there ever been moments when you notice yourself doing that and you've tried to sort of detach and accept and just go, okay, like I'm frustrated about this thing and that's just where it is. Have, have you ever tried? Oh, yeah. And that I, isn't me saying like, yeah. have you even tried? Yeah. I'm just curious. No, I do. What but that I, felt. but like, I think part of it is like, I get afraid, like, which is, which is like really like, it's huh. kind of hard to explain, but like, I get really afraid when I'm angry. Huh. Um, because again, <laughs> hashtag unresolved trauma, but like, for me, I'm, I'm, oh boy, I'm delicately fucking dancing around this one. Like, for me, and my experience with anger for a very long time, anger equaled unequivocally no other option. Just like an absolute explosive show of anger. Hmm. Like, there was no other option, right? Which is why, Eric. I do not yell. I don't know mm -hmm. if you've ever noticed this about me, but I very rarely raise my voice. And if I do raise my voice, I raise my voice because I'm like joking around or kidding, but like I do not yell. Mm -hmm. I get quieter and quieter and quieter until I finally stop talking. Like that is my thing. Because I am very afraid of taking my anger out on the people around me. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. Is like, so for me... Like, I, I absolutely recognize it. And I'm like, oh, I'm so mad. I'm so frustrated. I can't find the Dungeons and Dragons book. But, like, that sort of, like, feedback loop of, like, I'm, you know, stressed out and I'm frustrated and I'm angry. A lot of that is grounded in the fear of, and now I'm going to start taking it out on the people around me. And I so deeply, deeply recognize that as unfair. Like, like that would be the worst thing I think that like somebody that I love could say to me is like, you are taking your anger out on me because like, that is like my absolute fear. 
like to do that. But then by the very sort of nature of me being afraid of that, I do that. Because, like, it's just fucking coming off of me, like, cartoon stink lines. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> everybody knows that I'm frustrated. Everybody knows that I'm upset. But, like, my, like, absolute fear about being the person who takes my <clears throat> anger out, like, explosively on the people around me means that instead I just go, I'm fine. And then everybody's like, you're not fucking fine. And now it's my problem, too. And so then I'm just making the problem worse. And so it just compounds and compounds and compounds. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. As I, I'm just, uh, Isn't it cool how I can just like intellectualize all my trauma but never actually deal with any of it? It's pretty fun. Well, that's I was actually, actually <laughs> I, I think kind of kind of what I was what I was attempting to to, to articulate um, or trying to find the words for is I know that you know that that you do that because I do that. Which is why I have to qualify everything that I say. I have right. to go, I know this one, and I know you're going to say this one, and I know this one, because I want the person to know, like, oh, I'm smart, don't worry, I think about stuff. You've got more um, fucking qualifiers <clears throat> than the Olympics. Nice. Did you, write, did you write that last night? I did, and I thought about it right now. Nice. I was really proud of it, so I wanted to say it. Also, <laughs> real quick, real quick, Las Vegas. I want to name this episode Fear and Self-Loathing in Las Vegas, but I, because we've talked about self-loathing, we've oh. talked about fear, but I had to mention Las Vegas at some point, otherwise it oh, wasn't going to so make you sense. needed to say, that. okay, yeah, Las it. Vegas is great, Las it's Vegas. a place. We, hooray. Lots anyway, are. sorry. Indeed. <laughs> what? <laughs> Gambling, casinos, yes, mafia, indeed. Las Vegas. <laughs> CSI, the best CSI. The best CSI. <clears throat> Absolutely. Gil Grisham, amazing. Um, Grisham, Grisham, who cares? Um, Oh, but just, you know, if you're a person that intellectualizes stuff, <clears throat> which can be an escape mechanism, totally. I feel attacked. Um, I know. I, I, just, <laughs> I just attack myself. Um, if you're a person that does that, no doubt at some point you'll notice that you do that. And then the spiral continues. Like, sort of last night you and I were having a very intimate conversation, and I kept <laughs> saying something about... I was basically explaining why I was doing the thing, the behavior that I want to change. And I kept having a hard time getting the words out because I know it doesn't fucking matter. I just need to stop. Do, like, I need to just get my shit together somehow in some way. And I know I could sit here in the spin webs and spin trains of thoughts to make it sound very interesting why I do certain things that I do. But I, I've been doing that for a very long time, and it hasn't really helped me that much. So it, a little bit, you know, a, the unexamined life is not worth living or whatever, which I don't necessarily agree with, but just sure. Um, so, uh, podcast listeners, uh, if you just immediately started singing a song from Wicked, I see you. Oh, is that? Continue. Is that in Wicked? Yeah, there's a there's a song about living the unexamined life. Oh, and really? I guarantee you at least, like, 10% of our audience just went, the unexamined life continue you could totally be lying right now i absolutely believe you i don't think you are i'm not but you could be making i'm that not up. lying to you <laughs> i will only lie to you when it's funny thanks <laughs> thanks as long as it's good content um uh oh but thinking thinking about stuff like that is useful to, to, to some extent i think it's very important to to you know reflect upon yourself and your motivations and your shortcomings and all i think that's essential but it's only useful is if paired with action yeah and a lot of times it's easy for me to think I'm doing the action, I'm doing the work when I'm sitting and thinking about it. Yeah. When in reality, I've thought enough about it, now I just need to do the thing. Well, not, not in every case. I'm not yeah. saying I've thought about everything enough. But in a lot of cases, the answer is 
okay, you've thought enough about it. Now what are we going to do? Yeah. And I think I sense that is what just sort of happened with you when you said, do you notice I intellectualize things? Is you know that you do that. Oh, absolutely. And knowing that you know that you do that yet still do it is another way (laughs) to start that rabbit hole, which is ironic. Right? Yeah. Because it's like, I, the thing that I struggle with the most is like, I'm like, I'm like 50% of the way there, which is like the most frustrating place to be in because I can do it for everybody else. Yeah. Everybody else. It doesn't matter how shitty you are to me. It doesn't matter like how awful you are. Like I will be like, it's fine. It's cool. I understand you were frustrated. Like it's cool. I will forgive and I will forgive and I will forgive and I will forgive. But the minute that I lose my own keys... I cannot do it for myself. I cannot. And it's so dumb. Like, I recognize it. It's so frustrating. And I'm just like, like the, like it, and it just, it feels like there's this like giant, weird, like spiky mountain point that's like, just like right in the middle of like those two ends because they should just like fit together really well okay you can do it for everybody else to do it for yourself and i'm like i can't yeah and i try you know and it's like and i think i've made a lot of progress at least in terms of being able to like feel safe admitting when i'm frustrated sometimes not all the time because like it depends on how frustrated i am but like that i think is the thing you know like I don't know, like you, like you just, you, I, I know, like I know that I intellectualize, but I also know that like at a certain point I have to be patient. Mm. Like, and that's a hard thing too, because I have ADHD. And so I want there to be like instant gratification, like, like, but it turns out that therapy doesn't really work on instant gratification. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it just is not how therapy works. You gotta like keep working on shit, which is, which is great because, you know, it's great, but that's part of the issue is too is because like i with like emotional permanence Mm. and time blindness like i forget about the last time that i was frustrated until i'm frustrated again and i'm like oh right this is like last time but like because i'm constantly living sort of in that like immediate moment i'm not thinking about the last time i lost my keys and like okay let's process through those emotions or whatever i'm just like fuck i've lost my keys and i'm late and so like holding on to emotions positive or negative is really hard for me and so it's just like i like i guess part of it is like i feel like things are like so fleeting Mm. that i'm just like well yeah i'm gonna be mad or upset or whatever but then it's i'm gonna be on to the next thing or there's gonna be a bird outside the window and it'll be fine i'll just Mm. wait for the bird (laughs) just the knowledge that it, that, that that feeling is fleeting and will eventually go away and is i don't want to say trivial but is what you say it is 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 fleeting and going away there's a knowledge that that's the case and yet it's still so easy to fixate on it do you find that even more frustrating oh absolutely especially because like that is that's also part of how my depression shows up mm. is like i just feel like it's going to be like this way forever like i completely lose sight of the fact that like like at some point I will find my keys at some point I will, you know, whatever my neighbor will stop mowing his fucking lawn. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, and, and so that, that gets really complicated too, because I tend to like, 
it's weird because like I dwell in the moment, but like the minute the moment is passed, then like I'm just like, well, that was that was fun. Yeah, I think it's I think it's one of those more insidious qualities of time blindness yeah. too. Like, yeah, like there was a what's the movie? Uh, Con- I think it's Contact. Where there's like a species of aliens. I thought you were gonna say but, Con Air, and I got so excited because I a, fucking love that movie. Is it a comedy movie? No, that sounds it's, familiar. It's a it's a classic, uh, oh. movie about Nicolas Cage and he's in a plane crash, but the plane is full of badmen. What? Yeah, it's called Con Air. He's on a prisoner transport plane, and then the plane crashes. Oh, Con Air. Con Air, and then I was he thinking goes, of hair products. No, and then he goes to the and he goes like into the desert, and then like there's like a. Like it's like a whole thing. Anyway, it's a great movie. It sounds for one incredible. It's fucking. It's, it was the, the first rated R movie that I ever watched. Really? Yeah. No shit. Were, did you? Were you the uh, the on the shoulders when you were two kids stacked in a trench coat, or were you the base? I was the base. You were the base kid. I was. I've always been kind of stocky. <laughs> you were a triangle, and that is stati- that is the strongest shape known to man. You're not a triangle. It's from Big Mouth. It's, That's fine. Which is a great show it's I have to recommend. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but I think I think that's one of the more insidious qualities of time blindness. Um, oh, yeah, there's a species of alien. I think it's in the movie Contact. But they experience time all at once. They're like four-dimensional beings. Yeah. Um, and the sound designer had to like write what their language would sound like to us, which is fascinating and unrelated, but fascinating. Um, is it like the but, Coffee Cup movie? Maybe I, I've never seen Contact. That, I just, I just oh, know what it's about. There's there's this one alien movie with Amy Adams, maybe, but like the aliens, oh, like yeah. their like written language basically looked like the intern who was designing it forgot about it until the night it was due, and then all he had to give them <laughs> was like the rings from his coffee cup because he was staying up late trying to, and he was like, oh no, that's what it's supposed to look like. <laughs> but that's the that's like the aliens in that movie. Maybe too. I don't know. I I don't know. It's it could fine. be. I can't remember the name of that movie, but it's fine. Because in the reboot of Contact, I think they just remade Contact. I'm not sure. Uh, it's entirely. Now I'm gonna look it up. It's fine. I don't care. <laughs> this is really important. Also, I'm so late to start my stream. I know it's. What's okay. that? Should we? Would we gotta wrap this shit up? We're in five. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I would look at a little behind the scenes. Um, but uh, oh, that's sometimes what it feels like. When it comes to ADHD, time blindness, and Arrival, that was the name of Arrival, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. that's it, yeah. And that is the movie that I'm thinking of, yes. Um, but that's sort of what it feels like sometimes when, it, when you pair time blindness with emotional permanence or impermanence and all that stuff. Struggles with emotional permanence, excuse me. Um, when I'm frustrated, it feels like this moment is infinitely small and it'll be gone before I remember it. Like, I hear the voices dying with a dying fall, hashtag literary reference. Wow. Like, as soon as you notice the moment, it's already passed. Like, everything is so infinitely brief. But also, I'm going to be feeling this f- till the end of fucking time. Yeah. There is nothing else but me and my frustration in this black void. And it's it, those are totally contradictory, and neither are true. But that's what it feels like to be timeline and struggle with emotional permanence. Yeah. It's like, I'm feeling this feeling, which is stupid because... It's going to be gone before I know it. I know that intellectually. Like, the moment that I was just thinking in is already gone. But also, this is going to last forever. Neither of which is true, neither of which is logical. But our brains aren't always logical. And then the knowledge of all of that is also frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> and on and on and on. And I think timeline is, is, I think, one of the more in, insidious little things about ADHD. That it can be kind of whimsical and funny. Like, oh, I've been, would you know, working playing Minecraft for how long? Like, huh. <laughs> Um, but it can really lead to some terrifying shit in really subtle ways. And in those frustration spirals of like, 
this is both infinitely meaningless and brief, but also it's going to last forever till the end of time. Like holding both of those thoughts at once or both of those feelings at once is fucking mindfuck. So I didn't say fuck yet in this episode, I don't think. So I had to say it a couple times. Also, I just want you to know that in this moment, that was the most Hamlet-ass shit I've ever heard. What? <laughs> Calm down, Prince of Denmark. What? You're deep. By the way, the answer is to be? Yes. Good job. That was a good Slings and Arrows reference. That's good. You're learning. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. That's what I have to say. We did that cool thing where we just talked a bunch about it, but then we're like, and here are no practical solutions well, we to never, your problems. I hope that's not what people fully expect i mean if i have i always feel i always feel guilty when i I, when i'm just like i have these big feelings about this thing but that's it okay thanks for coming (laughs) well i guess i mean honestly my advice is try to treat yourself this is oh my gosh i just realized what i I heard a thing i was about to say before i said i was like that sounds terrible but i'm gonna say it that way anyways because i mean it and it's more because it sounds dumb you might hear i really talked this up this better fucking land stop qualifying treat yourself like a dog <laughs> what? No. Well, Katie, how do you treat dogs? Really nicely. I love them so much. I would die for every dog. Exactly. You treat dogs. Of course you do. You would never be intentionally mean to a dog. You would always. Are, are you hungry? What can I do for you? Fucking infinite love for a dog. Try to treat yourself that way. When you fuck up and lose your keys, try to think of it as like you know your dog just ran outside and got really dirty. And now you have to give it a bath. Like, sure, all that, but. Oh, buddy, little puppy, you got dirty, didn't you? Let's just go take a bath. Like, try to treat yourself that way. You're never going to be able to do it 100% of the time. It's not something that you learn to do and then you now know how to do for the rest of your life. It's an intention to maintain. Try to think of it that way. Treat yourself like a dog. <laughs> Which is so... I so dumb. In t-shirt. so many cultures, so calling somebody as a dog is a bad thing. Dogs are fucking awesome. Like, I want a dog more than I anything. can think of no greater compliment than somebody being like... You're a dog. Like, fuck yeah, dude. I'm stoked to wake up in the morning and eat and run around and smell flowers. That's awesome. That's what I aspire to be. Quick. What's up? Before we go. Yes. What if you got turned, magically turned into a dog? What (sighs) kind of dog would you be? Golden Retriever. Golden Retriever. Yeah. You're a Golden Retriever boyfriend. Sometimes. I go back and forth. Sometimes I feel like somebody just like discovered you and was like yeah that's a, that's a thing really i feel like i feel sometimes i feel like a golden retriever and sometimes i feel like one of those dogs that like looks like they melted you know when they oh, like yeah. lie on the couch and their whole face like boys a little little jowly boys yeah. so i feel what kind of dog would you be you know what i'm gonna say i know <laughs> you're, you're a little wrong. chihuahua i'm not a chihuahua <laughs> i'm not a chihuahua i'm a fierce and powerful not chihuahua you're like um you're a mastiff like you got a little barrel around your neck with supplies you're going around <laughs> sniffing for avalanche I'm victims the mom friend of dogs <laughs> the leash holder right is that a mastiff i feel like I think it's a tibetan I, mastiff is oh, or the huge i think i'm not i don't, I don't know, know. I, I think so i would i think i would be a a um a, a, a irish wolfhound That's oh what I would be. yeah i'd just be a big old fucking dog just walking around doing my dog stuff don't get in my way. I just want to cuddle, but I'm too big. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta do my stream. Hey, everybody. Thanks for coming here. By the way, we have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Quest. Also, we're coming out with a book in just a couple years or something. I don't fucking know. Thanks for listening. Also, stay tuned for the Patreon song that we're going to record after my Twitch stream. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, bye.
that's the end of this week's episode. So, as is now popular tradition... It is so popular. It has come to pass that we must now sing the official Patreon song. Yes. If you don't know what that is, uh, if you join our Patreon, we put your name in a song. It's fun. It's a really, really good, really well-written, thought-out song we every rehearse time. this for hours yeah. every week by candlelight we yes eric is wearing a poet shirt I'm wearing it a feels po- important to contextualize <laughs> that um anyway we have a lot of new uh patrons this week so thank you all so much for uh for signing up to support our mission of ed, ed- <laughs> education and advocacy crushed nailed it. it nailed, nailed it, it in one we'll leave it in all right you ready yeah let's do it this is the part that's gonna get really there's a part in the middle it's gonna get really really funny for a second i think <laughs> Let's find you ready? out. Ready? <gasps> hey, first a thank you to Jaded Sparks, and then to Gemma and JC. Oh, Annie and Annie and Anne. <laughs> really? And Annalo. That's real. That was real. And Whitney too, and Elizabeth, and Hester, Hester, very cool. That's just one Hester, I just wanted to say it twice, cause it's cool, it's cool. Then Enrique, and Alex, and Liz, and Katie, hey, thank you. Don't forget about Monsieur Marius. Please don't be sad. That was a funny joke if you know about Les Mis, but if you didn't, then it was not a funny joke. But it was a hilarious reference to the people who got it anyway. So hilarious, so hilarious, okay. Dated Sparks and Demma and JC and Annie and Andy with an E and Anne without an I or an E and Annie Lou with an X at the end and Whitney with an E before the Y and Elizabeth and Hester and Enrique and Marius and Allie and Liz and Katie with a K. so much for your support thank you so much for coming back week after week to support us we appreciate it that's it that's the end of the episode that's it that's the whole thing so from all of us here at infinite quest (laughs) (laughs) ready i was gonna do the thing remember to drink some water remember (laughs) to eat some snacks remember to take your meds Remember to be kind to yourself, be kind to others, and we'll see you next week. We love you. Fucking so good. That was so Jacob good. Collier's so out there like, damn, That Jacob Collier dethroned. is like, oh man, I'm gonna have to throw away all of my Grammys. Throw them right in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it, Jacob Collier. Suck it, Jacob Collier. I'm kidding, please be on our podcast.